Hello everyone and welcome to the Power of Music Thinking. My name is Christoph Zürn and this is the podcast for people with a musical heart and a wicked job. We're looking for stories, insights and tools from the big world of music to inspire leaders and followers to listen, tune, play and perform in whatever field you're operating. Our guest today is Gabriela Di Laccio, public speaker, curator, activist, award-winning soprano and recording artist. She is one of the leading voices on the fight for gender equality in music, listed as one of the BBC's 100 most inspirational and influential women in the world. Gabriela is also the founder and curator of the charitable foundation Donne, Women in Music, dedicated to achieving gender equality in the music industry. We talk the incredible long list of women composers and the unbelievable few plays they get in conservative classical music organizations. Gabriela shares with us the research and the numbers from the latest report that in 2021, almost nine in 10 compositions played by orchestras around the world are written by white men. But there is hope, at least in a different field, like this year's Biennale di Venezia that invited 213 artists and among them 21 men. Okay, let's give it a go. Welcome, Gabriela. Welcome to The Power of Music Thinking. Well, thank you so much for having me, Christophe. It's such a pleasure. It's wonderful yeah. to be here. Thank you. I was really looking forward. And as we just um, talked in the in the pre-talk, we both are a little bit uh, cold. So our voices sound a little bit different than maybe normal. But... <laughs> Yep. We can sing a jazz song. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do at the end, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, perfectly. Okay, let me start with my first question. So what was your first sonic experience or recording or performance that had an impact on you? Yeah, I mean, as I said to you just before, just now, I, I find this question very difficult to answer, as everybody else, I guess. Uh, I have... Um, You know, I don't come from a musician's family. My family had no musicians. So I think my first, I have three big impressions, but my first one was when I was very young uh, and I was singing in the school choir uh, and I went to a Catholic school, you know, I'm Brazilian, so uh, south of Brazil, Catholic school, and we we had to sing the songs um, they made us. <laughs> and then I think I was seven, eight, and I was singing. For the first time, I sung something in harmonies. Uh, and I won't be I won't be able to tell you which song it was, but it was my first experience of hearing harmonies and singing being part of that, and um, that really made an impression of me. The 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 there's something that happens in your body and I think in your brain when when notes get together, and that really touched me as a child. And since then, I really wanted to explore um, more styles of music like that so very close to the same time my um my cousin was big fan of queen and i remember listening to bohemian rhapsody and exactly then it got exactly to the same part when all the harmonies got together and and it was i, I just i don't know i think it was when 
I started to get a lot of interest in classical music because the the extension of the harmonies in classical music, you know, they're much wider than what you can experience sometimes in pop music or so it kind of really touches different parts of your the frequencies really touch you and then a few years later I went to the for my first opera I've ever seen which was the magic flute so mm. the overture of the magic flute then for me just that was it wow. <laughs> yeah so was so, it in German or English in, in German in German yeah in German I don't know if you would approve in German in the south of Brazil but <laughs> it was in German <laughs> <laughs> very nice uh, that, that sounds good also the link with the with the queen yeah. um with their spectacular song that no one expected no. also really doing something different and really connecting different let's say genres actually absolutely and and it's a genius you know that they they had they were brave enough to to push that and to, I don't know if you would make it today, you know, with the industry as it is, but at that time, I think the vision that Freddie Mercury had and his uh, colleagues as well, it, it just, uh, I'm glad they did. It's uh, an iconic. Yeah. Today with the, let's say in the, in the Spotify, um, yeah. I'm aware. Uh, Three you... minutes, four minutes yeah. limit of a song. Yeah. But you have to start with the reference. Or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, people will step yeah. away. So maybe that would be a remix, <laughs> a century remix. Yeah. Okay. And also that that singing together, um, experiencing from hey, when I sing alone, let's say in in the bathroom or outside or for or for uh, for my family, but when you experience that you sing together, or also playing would be maybe the same. But you play together and you and you feel that it's even richer, and you feel a contact that you can see but that is there uh, wow you know? yeah it's absolutely i think i'm i'm, I'm biased because music is my life of course but i think uh it's, music has so much power and when you are making music together and i think that's why all of us in the pandemic we suffered so much because to con con it was great that we could connect um virtually online and that's also it has developed into a new communication between artists and artists uh, artists and 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 the audiences but for us it was it was really tough to be alone and not to feel that energy not to be making mistakes together you know learning together in a rehearsal and and making a piece of music to come to life because uh, each piece of music only comes to life when we perform yeah. it absolutely yeah. so um but maybe tell a little bit more about you who are you and uh, what do you do <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so i am gabriella dilaccio i am a classical singer originally from brazil and i moved to the uk to study and ended up staying here and uh, singing is my career I'm a freelance singer and I sing many different genres from Baroque music to contemporary uh, as well. So very, I, I love doing different styles of music, uh, genres of music within uh, what, what, is, what is called classical music. But I also sing more like for my own pleasure, you know, Brazilian music, with the Brazilian bossa nova when I, when I can. Uh, and then 
four years ago, uh, pretty much, I started a foundation here in the UK called uh, Donne, which is women in Italian. Donne, women in music. Uh, and that became my my second life. <laughs> I think I'm the opposite of your guests normally, right? <laughs> I am <laughs> a classical singer that has a, 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 separate, a separate a separate life on the side. So um, this foundation focuses on giving visibility and telling stories and amplifying women in music from past and present. And that happened because almost by chance I discovered an encyclopedia. Um, on the market here in London, which is a lovely market on uh, Sundays, you know, in South Bank under the bridge, they have those st um, stands with secondhand books and, and many uh, secondhand things you can buy. And then I found this uh, book, which was two big volumes um, done in the 80s. And in this book, uh, Mr. Aaron Cohen um, in the USA listed 6,000 women composers in the history of music from wow. medieval times until the 80s. And I tell you that on that moment, I felt really ignorant because I really <laughs> thought I had missed a very important lesson at the Royal College of Music. And I thought, oh my gosh, I missed something. How can I never heard of these women in my education? At that point, I was already, you know, I, I had my career. I sing in many different countries. I travel. I sing with different conductors, with different groups, different orchestras. And I never been asked to perform music by women. I knew of the existence of a few because I studied, I'm a Baroque music specialist. So when you study Baroque music, you hear about Barbara Strozzi, uh, and then later on you hear about Fanny Mendelssohn or Clara Schumann, but they're always the oh the sister of the wife of. They don't come alone as a figure in uh, of importance, uh, so you always diminish them a bit, even uh, even without noticing. You feel oh yes, this one turned a composer because she was the wife of Robert Schumann. And you don't, I'm being very, very honest. And I think uh, when I found that encyclopedia, I was really shocked. And my first thought was really, oh, this is just a big list. <laughs> so <laughs> I went home and um, didn't tell anybody because I thought the whole world knew and I was the only one who did it. Yeah. Uh, and I started researching. And now we are so lucky that, you know, we have Spotify and YouTube, even if it hasn't been recorded, somebody has been trying to do something. Um, and people are trying to, to bring this agenda and the subject by, since the 70s, actually. I'm not uh, new in what I'm trying to do. Uh, there are musicologists, there are people studying the compositions of women and their contribution for years and years, decades. But what I noticed was that they have been doing this in a very academic way, uh, a very in-depth mm. uh, information. And I am not an academic. Uh, I My whole joy of being a performer is exactly the ability of communicating with people directly and to bringing them in. You know, sometimes mm. classical music has this 
this aura of being oh only people who understand or or you you have to be privileged to be part of and i always i always hated that stigma because yeah. i think classical music is for anyone who wants to appreciate but um so i decided to you know do my part because my husband was a bit tired of me telling him stories of women at breakfast <laughs> <laughs> You just every morning I was like, oh my God, I have that story to tell. You know that woman was like, okay, yeah, fine. And then eventually, a month later, he said, look, there's no point of you telling me another story of an amazing woman. Either do something or honestly. And then I just decided to do a very um, small website with my um, limited knowledge of Adobe Dreamweaver, uh, and I started to meeting to meet uh, living composers, women composers. I mm. met Rachel Portman, who's the first woman who won an Oscar uh, as a composer. Uh, luckily, she lived here in London, in Notting Hill, and I just wanted to understand why why uh, I hadn't been in you know in touch with any <laughs> or told any stories uh, with all the uh, musical life I had. At that point, uh, anyway, I don't have an answer for that, but uh, I decided to make this little website and I listed four thousand women, wow, composers on the on the website. I called the big list of women composers, uh, put the interviews there, pressed send, International Women's Day two thousand and eighteen, and that was it. And I thought, oh, okay, I've done my part. Now I, I can just go back to my normal life. That's it. It's there. <laughs> now it's more. And uh, I always wanted to uh, to be accessible. Yeah. And, mm. and that's why I collaborated. If you go to the website, you see this very beautiful image at the beginning. I worked with a designer in Spain who works with collage. And we created this first image. There was this woman and behind her, she has lots of eyes and she collaged eyes of hundreds of women composers into oh. that uh, image. Uh, and it's still an iconic uh, way that people will go to the website and they just yes. feel attracted to it from a design point of view. And then they go, ah, what was this about? Yeah. Uh, which is something I, I, I always wanted. So it, it started to reach out to any person, you know, that when you tell any person, it doesn't matter if they want to be musicians or or like classical music when they just tell somebody you do you know that has been this amount of women and is not a number these women produced great work these women had to face so many adversities they were respected by their peers they left substantial works and then they were written off mm. and then because of that we continue to believe that they didn't exist or if they did their work was not strong enough to survive mm. and we we go back into this vicious circle of not having more women uh, following the career yeah uh, not women seeing themselves shall i stop talking for a while <laughs> <laughs> perfect as long as you have something to say i i, I will, won't cut you off but maybe there's one thing yeah um because um with music thinking, I like to make analogies. Mm -hmm. And because everything that you just said with women music, um, every listener that is now listening 
can make the same analogy to their own company, their own way of, of working. Um, and I think that's the interesting part because um, with your research, you just wrote down how many um, songs by women or, or, or pieces by women were um, uh, performed in one year. Maybe you can tell a little bit more, yeah. more about this because th th these are, let's say, the numbers. And yeah. if we have numbers, then we have a discussion. Otherwise, it's just someone complaining. Absolutely. And uh, I always loved numbers. And uh, that's the bit I didn't tell you. I was going to be an architect, actually. I started uh, my degree in architecture, um, but I couldn't not have music. So eventually I gave up architecture. And uh, music is frozen architecture, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so after the I, I put the website out there, um, my, my personal curiosity took me to investigate because I thought, Okay, if I haven't heard this music myself, it's because people are not playing it. <laughs> so logic. So uh, I, I looked into the top 15 orchestras in the world, uh, as listed by Gramophone Magazine back in 2018, and I've I counted by hand uh, how much music by women they performed in a whole year in their season in the season of that year. So uh, the top orchestras in the world performed 2.3 percent. Uh, of the works they presented in their concerts, only 2.3 were composed by women. Uh, because of that statistic, um, the Guardian newspaper made an article about it and published. And of course, the project, which it was a project now as a foundation, became international. And that on that day, I started to receive messages from women from all over the world saying, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'm a composer. Can you add me to your list? And that took that told me that something that I already knew that the power of numbers, <laughs> it's the mm. power of music and the power of numbers, because we we have a lot of feelings. We rely on feelings, and the feelings sometimes are manipulated by the media. So you you see more women getting recognition, yes. You see more women in music, yes. Uh, you see more women composers, yes, you can, you know they exist. But when you look at the numbers, you can see that everything you see is very superficial. So since that first year, I continue to do research every year and we continue to increase the amount of the research of all the the different things we include. So last this year, we just published about a month ago, the latest study. Mm -hmm. So we looked into 111 orchestras around the world. And uh, so it has moved up from 2.3 to 7.7. So uh, 20,400 pieces. That's the amount of pieces we looked into. Mm, <laughs> uh, and uh, out of those 20,000. So, but this is, if we put them all together, right? All the orchestras together, 7.7% um, were composed by women. But then if you start going, if you think of intersectionality and all the barriers that women have, you, we separated by um, ethnicity as well. So 1% was black women, 0.5% uh, Asian women. It starts getting worse, of course. Yeah. Um, as Gabriel, it just to interrupt. <clears throat> yeah. I think that's a good point, a uh, good thing to point out. Um, in your foundation, it's about 
equality in music. So it's not only about women. It's also about, yeah. and, and that's a very modern theme at the moment. And what I'm was, what I was wondering before, <clears throat> before the talk is um, I'm always looking from what can business and society learn from music, but it seems and correct me if I'm wrong, that business is, um, yeah, this business is at the moment doing a better job than in the music industry. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that's, and, and, and still in business, it's not good. So let's, let's have this too. So, but that's interesting. So um, maybe music could learn from, from real companies so, yeah, and then that's definitely. fun because most of the time i try to tend to say oh you have to understand more music get into music and can and this is inspiring for your company but now maybe we, we could flip it around and say how are organizations doing this i think uh, definitely but i i think because organizations are doing better because they are dealing with leaving people <laughs> Mm. And I think the, the problem with this is classical music has, has what somebody once decided, the canon of classical music. Yeah. And uh, one of the um, kind of interesting things on the report as well, if you look, is like well, more than a third percent of the whole music played is played by as music by 10 dead composers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is fine we we love them nobody wants to take anybody out but i think the we have a problem with classical music because it's very rigid it doesn't want to expand what the so-called canon so it doesn't want to but even in the so-called canon it could include more women because there have been historical women that their music should be there you know we're talking about the big symphonies you know if you if you want to go and see Beethoven and somebody says, oh, but I don't want to hear Beethoven and then a contemporary music. That's fine. But mm -hmm. we can still find high level quality music by a woman to sort of just to raise awareness on the audience as well, because we are all growing up believing that only men wrote uh, genius pieces. And indefinitely, I think uh, that the music industry should learn from businesses or it should learn or should be more challenged I think we all should challenge the music industry more because we need to get the audiences complaining, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. the, the people complaining about radio stations that only push forward uh, male artists. So we need to get involved because if we just wait for the whoever is deciding on the top to, to do it, it's complicated. Because uh, it, it's so many, there are so many factors that get into people say, oh, we are scared. We're not going to sell tickets because people don't know the music. But they don't know the music because you don't play it. <laughs> chicken and egg kind of thing. We all yeah, know. chicken but, and egg. Absolutely. But if we, if we would come to, you know, now we have Spotify or other things. So people could, without buying an expensive card or um, a concert card, they could listen to music that is totally different to what they were listening uh, now. So, um, Mike, my, maybe let's put it around um, in that way. Um, if we if we talk about the ten composers, maybe what would be the ten women composers that we would, yeah. And then then I'm thinking because they're also when we say classical music, we have different genres. We also talked about baroque, and so what would be let's say an, an easy like a zauberflöte or a magic flute is actually 
very easy to listen. So nowadays you you also could argue that it's some kind of pop music because it's always there and everybody knows it and everybody wants it again and again. So my question would be, what women composers do you um, suggest? And we will put everything also in the show notes. So, or maybe you already have the, let's say the, the, the 10 music uh, composers you should listen to in the next until the end of the year well yes i would more i would go more for a hundred than ten <laughs> let's start with well, yeah let's start with ten <laughs> um uh, first of all uh to make life easier as well the foundation is a curator for apple music so uh, okay. in our uh, uh, on apple music there is a page where there are several playlists Mm. So it's like piano music for, because some people just prefer choral music, for example. Some people love choral music. So there is a playlist for choral music, a playlist for songs, a playlist for piano, a playlist for orchestral, for opera, for film music, uh, game music, <laughs> um, then contemporary music or the we call, I think we call new music. So I really recommend people just to go there and explore. Uh, because, uh, uh, but in terms of start, let's say somebody who is new to this world <laughs> of women composers, I would recommend um, Lily Boulanger, for yeah. example, French composer. Yes, Lily beautiful, Boulanger was beautiful. The of Nadia Boulanger, sister and, of Nadia, and, and Nadia was, let's say, an. Uh, um she she a lot of composers that we know for example i'm funny enough i looked it, um, it up before because that's the one woman that i really know had big impact and she was also the teacher of uh, astor piazzolla uh, philip glass and also quincy jones and maybe some yeah. people from iron copland right iron copland uh yes yeah, so many right. people yeah. And, and, and her little sister that died very early is Lily Boulanger. Yeah. And I think that's that's so, and it's just hundred, not even 100 years ago. So it's not that kind of old music for, no. for young listeners. And it's also not, let, let's say, an extreme that you would have after the war where you really try to explore things that didn't, that wasn't there before. So yeah, yeah. Very, sorry so to very you. very good entry point. Uh, all the Fanny Mendelssohn or Fanny Hansel, as uh, she, after she got married, she goes. She took the Hansels, her husband's name, but she was Felix Mendelssohn's sister. And there are many many discussions that some of his pieces maybe were hers because they both sign F Mendelssohn, okay. and there is one that has definitely been discovered: the Easter Sonata. That mm. used to be Queen Victoria's favorite, and now is proved that it was Funny who wrote and not Felix. <laughs> anyway, so Funny Mendelssohn has some gorgeous pieces as well, very in songs, you know, some um, the same with Clara Schumann, you know, the, the wife of Robert Schumann. The woman was a honestly a, a force, you know, she deal, dealt with a very sick husband. Uh, all the time in and out of hospital she had eight children I, if i'm not mistaken she pretty much supported the whole family because she was a fantastic pianist yes. she was a concert pianist and she supported the family with her playing for years and years and allowed robert to to be a composer as well so clara also has beautiful beautiful works uh, i would also recommend 
This one is a new discovery. She's called Leocadia Kasperova. Uh, she's a Russian composer, was a Russian composer. And she was the piano teacher of Stravinsky. Mm. This one is really, a, um, if you love Russian music, if you love those powerful, you know, uh, Rachmaninov, this yeah. sort of rich sound, you will love her because she... She wrote big works as well, symphonies, and but also some cello sonatas, something a bit not. But it's a lot of energy in her music. I will definitely. And her music was uh, for completely forgotten. She was just rediscovered almost by chance by a musicologist who was doing Stravinsky's biography. Uh-huh. <laughs> he got right. very curious to find out who was his piano teacher and ended up finding her music and now it's published the whole, whole catalog oh more music is coming many um, stories also many stories that's the thing with with all this um florence price maybe you've heard of her so florence price was an american composer uh and again if when you when you think about role models right florence florence price was a black composer who got a lot of respect from her peers in her time. And we are not talking 300 years ago, <laughs> we are talking, yeah. you know, uh, gorgeous music, you know, so many influences, so many um, things that to appreciate in her music. You can have both. You can have some very light music and some uh, some more uh, in-depth uh, repertoire. How many have I said so far? <laughs> Yeah, I think we're around six, but um, you know, I think it's interesting for people. So there is, there's is a lot, there's a lot also to tell. So there are many stories and um, also some kind of stories like, yeah, the little, let's say the little gems that you didn't see before, but if you then, yeah, if you, if you see them, then they're, they're, they're yeah, something that you will never forget. And I think for me, that was um, when I decided to start Donne. It was actually, funnily enough, not the music that pushed me to do something, but the stories. Because you have to remember that I grew up in the south of Brazil. I was not close to any of the big theaters. Any, I didn't have a a classical singer that I could go and talk to somebody who had an international career. So I lived on the stories my mom told me since I was very young. I was lucky that I had parents who allowed me to dream beyond any reality because, you know, they didn't have any financial means to, to finance my dream or, or contacts in the business. I had absolutely nothing, but um, my mom, you know, if you want to just, work hard and you can achieve so I, I grew up with those stories in my head of Einstein being dyslexic or Beethoven being mm. deaf or mm. uh, Walt Disney bankrupted how many times and you know, <laughs> <laughs> all those men and then I, I always felt like no you know because for me I think it's part of being Brazilian as well you know failing is not a give up a reason it just means you are learning something else and you need to continue so when i found out all these women and the stories and i can go on on and on with the stories um i was i was a kind of angry because i wanted to hear these stories and mm. and i am worried that we are still not telling these stories 
uh, in school, in uh, forget about music. Those yeah. are stories worth it to be told, to plant seeds of hope and 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 belief and curiosity in all of us. Yeah. I think, and I, when I do a concert and I tell the story of a composer that I'm singing that is not famous or nobody, it, it, that's the the result I, I aim for. I aim for, oh, but I never thought about that. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go home now and um, and then look it up because that's enough for me. So if I manage to achieve that, uh, I've done my job, I feel, because many, many people since the beginning of Donne have wrote write, written to me from organizations professors and they you know they are in the business and they never really looked around and then suddenly they feel oh wow we need to do something about this and my dream is that everybody does something <laughs> and then we have more chance yeah I, um, yeah i like that very much because what's so interesting um with all these Apple Music, Spotify, all the streaming services, everything, all these radios, um, where we have the idea, oh, wow, there's so much out there. But I would say you ain't seen nothing yet or you ain't heard nothing yet because um, we we as a systemic thing in the industry or in the industries um, had um, uh, some kind of blind spot uh, on, yeah, everything that was different than a white old man. And that's interesting. So we can say, okay, that's one part, but the other part is, hey, let's open that box and see that it's much, 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 much more. And also very, um, very easy to to approach because it's not the big Beethoven or not the big, you name it. It's some person doing very interesting things in their category and now we can listen to them and some people like it some people will not like it and maybe it's something that will be a next big thing so like you mentioned um the 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 first woman who who got uh, an uh, what was it Academy, oscar. an oscar yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for the music so it's something like wow and maybe also the 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 link from classical music more into all the other genres because it seems like classical music is very strict or it's it's yeah it's it's a different kind of uh, music and that the the rest of um yeah, well, maybe you also have to do a new research on that. How is it in jazz? How is it in pop music? My feel, without having done a research, that there are always more men, but there are really women that that, that stand out and um, inspire other uh, other women to to also do something like this. Yeah, I think uh, today or tomorrow, I think we're going to publish a, a short study we did on the top hundred. Uh, pop songs in the UK charts, um, mm. 2021, and also the top 100 gross movies of 2021, just to check. Um, I can tell you it's not 50-50. Okay. I think um, on the top of my head, I think the, the film industry had 5% of women. Uh, and then, of course, the, the pop industry is divided by um, performers, com- songwriters, and producers. And I think what... Um, I would ask of everybody listening and forget about classical music is music. Check your iPods or iPods. Nobody has an iPod. (laughs) Check your iPhones. Just check your playlist. Just check your playlist and, uh, and 
count how many of the artists you are normally listening pay attention start paying attention yeah. and if you are not doing if you are not doing 50-50 or close just search for more women to support because First of all, we are 50% of the population. So if we are not seeing 50-50, we are kind of implying that there are not as many talented women in the world somehow. It's underlined there. And I, of course, nobody believes that. We know it's not true because we know there are uh, a lot of talented women. So if they are not being um, given the enough opportunities to, to share their talent, we need to question. We need to question ourselves first. because. On the background, I can tell you there are lots of women feeling invisible. Mm. There are lots of women uh, not feeling their their work has any worth. And it's funny because as a singer, I always felt like if I want to sing, I go in the corner <laughs> and I sing. And you just pass by me and you might like me or not. But when you write something, you need performers to perform your work. Uh, and that's the bit that people forget. And now, more than ever, uh, composers are making living as composers because they write for video games, for Netflix, for podcasts, for uh, movies. So if we're not only talking about, oh, yeah, she's missing an opportunity to write a symphony. No, because uh, although the industry is old-fashioned, the new composers are not old-fashioned. They yeah. they are very fluid in what they write, and they yeah. want to write for everything. They don't. Nobody wants to be labeled anymore. You know. Absolutely, and maybe that's a very good let's say sum up of of uh, our conversation. Um, on one part, it's about equality in music and it's about fluid genres yeah. so i always mention that in in spotify there are six thousand different uh, genre types and but i always say just that people understand there's quite a lot of let's say categories that you could be, uh, be in but at the very end it's so what yeah. so <laughs> it's music but, yeah right so we don't need uh, uh something like a genre style but it helps us to 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 yeah to explore to explore more maybe one practical question uh, at, at the uh, at the end of uh, our talk um you mentioned um uh, curators at apple music are these men or women the curators well um we are curators on the classical music page oh, right. uh, yes so they're all companies so it's kind of the uh, Carnegie Hall or Gramophone magazine or so they're not individuals mm -hmm. so I don't know who is the person behind doing the curation but I can tell you that if you look on that page we are the only ones that, <laughs> that focus on equality <laughs> Yeah, everybody else and then i think that's another thing to pay attention as of when you mentioned i'll oh, just go to spotify and and listen and search for things we have another problem that uh people are recording the same stuff all the time mm. so how many email i don't i have a newsletter from from some classical music magazines for example i receive uh new recording of Beethoven sonata number blah 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 <laughs> new recording of Tchaikovsky is this new recording so uh, if a work is not recorded doesn't go to Spotify there are thousands of works by women that have never been recorded 
And that's a real problem because then doesn't go to the radio, doesn't go to Spotify, doesn't doesn't get familiarity. And but then, it's a, a very low-hanging fruit in that way that people who make the decision to record for the, I don't know how many times, Beethoven the fifth, um, they have some kind of guarantee that they can sell it. And that the market wants it in, uh, yeah, in but air quotes. I, and 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 that keeps this um, not very innovative, um, let's say, uh, yeah, industry uh, in what they have because it's it's an easy decision. And that's also the analogy to the business. Yeah. If you always do something like we say, oh, yeah, but but this works, it worked, and let's give it a try. Oh, people still want it. Why should we come up and invest into a new innovation? Because wow, this would be a risk um on the other hand you also have in business the the breakthrough killer innovation that everybody's looking for but they're yeah they as long as they can make money with the way of thinking they have they will i think that's a perfect analogy and this is very much business analogy and i <laughs> I'll try not to sound too angry. Uh, <laughs> but, but I want to cheer you up. Yes, I think I think exactly as you said, um, there is fear. There's a lot of fear of not selling. So they, people go for the safe option, definitely. But what I realize that people are not, people are not realizing how many millions of people they could be actually bringing in Yeah. And this is the bit they I don't understand why don't they don't realize because there are millions of people that want to be part of the classical music world uh, but they just need to feel a bit more welcome they just need to ref to see uh, music that reflects a bit more their culture and this music exists so it's a huge Uh, business opportunity uh, for me in my my soprano classical <laughs> professional soprano point of view uh, that uh, it's a huge missed opportunity to make a lot of more money <laughs> for the industry if you would include you know different things record different things and create a, a parallel world of classical music running parallel uh, to yeah. eventually mix at, at the end in this new world, uh, which is so necessary. So there's big, big potential. And um, I told you in our um, uh, pre-talk that the, this year's Biennale in Venezia, in Venice, they had 213 artists, which of 21 were men. I love it. So it's only 10%. And, and, and let's round it up here. So I think it's possible. And, uh, and I didn't hear any, any catastrophic uh, refuse about it. So it's just, but they didn't really mention, mention it. So it's just, just doing it. And I like the, yeah, I like that very much. Thank you very much for all your work. Thank you for all the insights and I will put everything that you sent me in the, in the show notes, you know, um, uh, about Donne and where people can also get that material to get into a talk, um, about, um, yeah, about, let's say Absolutely. quality in music, business, and maybe society. Thank you very much. Gabriela. My pleasure. Thank you so much. And, uh, stay in touch and be pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate this. Because listening is one of the top leadership skills, and I feel honored about this. 
It is my mission to find, create and share inspirations for meaningful collaboration based on music analogies. If you want to support this, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a rating or write a review on iTunes or Spotify. And more inspirations can be found on musicthinking.com. We have a blog and you can download the Music Thinking Framework. And finally, I would love to hear your feedback. And if you need help with a business challenge, please reach out to me via email podcast at musicthinking.com. 